Okay, here we go. Bible and Daily Lifers. We are going through the New Testament in a year, and we are in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, the Corinthians were an interesting group. Uh, Paul is quite a ways away from Jerusalem in his religious upbringing. The guy lived in a religious bubble. He wore religious clothes. He ate religious food. He went to religious schools. He had religious friends. He's a long way from that. He is now in Corinth. And Corinth is the place in ancient Greece where everybody is there. All the philosophers are there. All the athletes are there. All the people from everywhere are there because it's a trade city. Uh, all the idolaters are there. All the sexually immoral are there. Everybody's there. Kind of like San Francisco. Kind of like New York City. Kind of like Miami. Well, let's see what's happening in Corinth. And see if it's kind of like the same as what's going on with us. Chapter 5, 1 Corinthians. It is actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you in a kind that even the pagans don't tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. Sleeping with his father's wife, well, apparently it's not his mom. We don't think, but it's his dad's wife. And this guy is sleeping with his dad's wife. And he is in the church. And apparently he's known in the church. So it's not that he's just some kind of hanger on that shows up every once in a while and listens to what's going on and trying to, you know, figure out what he thinks about it. Apparently this guy is well known in that particular gathering there. Church just means gathering. It just means assembly. Uh, we need to kind of change our way of thinking and acclimate our way to thinking like the New Testament. The, the word church, ecclesia, was actually a, actually a secular word. It meant people that gathered together, gathered together for maybe political reasons, maybe gathered together for social reasons, maybe gathered together for academic reasons. It just meant a gathering of people together. So that gathering of people gathered together around Jesus Christ and the Word of God, there's this guy there who's uh, sleeping with... Uh, sleeping with his dad's wife. He said, and you're proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put him out of your fellowship, the man who was doing this? The Corinthians were like, yeah, you know, we're just sort of like accepting of everybody and everything. Well, we should be accepting of everybody, and but we shouldn't be accepting of everything by any means. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul in another place, he says, who am I to judge people in the world? It's not... It's not for me to judge people in the world. People in the world are doing what it is they're supposed to be doing. That's what they are. They're, they're sinners. They're separated from God. I'm not their judge. You know, who am I to tell them what to do? Who am I to force my morality or my thoughts or my opinions on them? But inside of the church, Paul said, you need to have some, you need to have some boundaries here. You need to have, uh, you know, so, some, some standards here. And one of the standards is is sexual immorality. And this guy is sleeping with his dad. Like, you can't have that in the midst. It's not, it's not right. It's not good. You should have got rid of him. Kicked him out. And then he said, for my part, even though I'm not physically present, I'm with you in spirit. Well, we kind of know what that's like, right? Uh, we're not there. We're not at the party. But 
we would like to be at the party. We're there in spirit. We're thinking about them and um, whatever the situation might be, right? Somebody's away at work and, you know, they're at, they're at home, you know, in spirit. And he said, I've already passed judgment in the name of our Lord Jesus on the one who's been doing this. Well, I've already made my decision about this guy, even though you haven't made your decision about him. So when you're assembled together, so there's that idea, assembled together when you're in one place. And I'm with you in spirit, and I'm there in spirit, although I'm not there physically. You know that I'm there, and you know that I'm with you guys, and you know that we're in this thing together. And I'm with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, because wherever two or more are gathered, then, then there he is in our midst. And so his presence is there. Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit might be saved on the day of the Lord. Well, that seems pretty severe. Turning him over to the devil, turning him over to Satan, so that maybe he'll die. Maybe he'll die. Maybe Satan will get at him and beat him up and kill him. And what will happen? Well, it would be the destruction of his flesh. But he says that uh, his spirit might be saved on the day of the Lord. Uh, very, very interesting concept here of what's going on. Uh, get rid of the guy, turn him over to Satan, uh, which means, you know, getting him out of the church, you know, keeping him away from the people of God, keeping him away from the Jesus people. Why? To, to keep the fellowship pure. You know, we shouldn't be like enjoying this stuff, you know, tolerating this stuff. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, this guy shouldn't be a deacon. He shouldn't be, you know, on the worship team. <clears throat> he said, your boasting's not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Just a, just a little bit of bad stuff begins to work its way through. And get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, because of this, let us keep the festival, the Passover, not with the old leavened bread with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So let's do this stuff in truth. Let's move on because something we can maybe cover here about uh, sexual ethics and sexual immorality. He said, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Okay. Not at all meaning people of this world who are immoral, or greedy people, or swindlers, or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. Right? I mean, everybody around us, wherever you go to work, wherever you go to play, whatever clubs you're part of, whatever you know, you're doing, whatever sports team you're on, is people that are swindlers, and people that are greedy, and people that are sexually immoral. And so... If you're to stay away from them, then you have to get out of the world completely. You can't even go to the grocery store. Who knows what that person who's checking you out at the grocery store, who knows what their lifestyle is like. So you'd have to take yourself out of the world. So he said, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those people. In fact, it's good to be around those people because those are the people we want to bring to Christ. We want, we want to see them have their lives changed, their sins forgiven and be put on a new path. He said, but I'm writing you, you shouldn't associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister who is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slanderer. Wow, there's a lot of slander in the church. I just need to tell you, like, it, people just slander in the church. A drunkard or a swindler. Don't even eat with such people. Why? Because, you know, when you eat with them, it shows that your association with them. And they knew they thought that eating was a big deal. 
Like if we ate together, that meant that we were sharing the same nutrients together and that, that we're growing together. We're one. There was this sort of picture of like eating together makes us one, makes us a, makes us a unity. And he said, what business is it, is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? Are not you to judge those inside? So God will judge those outside, expel the wicked person from among you. Well, I'm going to give you a hint. What happens is this guy repents and he's welcomed back into the church and everything is fine after that. But there is a sexual ethic for the church and the sexual ethic for the church is sexual purity. That you keep yourself pure, you don't adulterate, you don't fornicate. That means having sex outside of marriage if you're, if you're not married. Uh, it means staying away from pornography. It means um, staying away from sexual harassment. It means uh, uh, not sinning with your eyes. It, mean, it means all of those things. Like we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be tolerating that. And so the, the, the sexual ethic inside of this group of believers is sexual purity. And when there is sex, the sex is between a husband and a wife in a committed relationship over the course of a lifetime. What about everybody else? What about the world, what the world is doing? Well, the world is doing what the world is doing. We're sent into the world and that's what people are doing. So it's not, I'm not their judge. Who am, I to, who am I to judge them? Just go in and tell them the good news and tell them Jesus loves them and Jesus can forgive them and Jesus can give them a new life. So the, the, the standard here is for the inside and, and not for the outside and not for the outside. Let's, you know, let's go out and hang around with those on the outside and let's go and win them to Christ. And, you know, until they start to influence us, if they influence you, you need to stay away from, you know, bad influences. But uh, we need to we need to be pure people. And, and it really shows that we respect people. The church should be the safest place on earth for women and children. Right. And so um, and single people should be safe, 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 safe place. So let's be safe people and create safe spaces and let's not be slanderers. Let's not be slanderers because it's in the same category as being an adulterer. So, Lord, help us to just love people to love you and to serve people and to reach people who aren't in the circle. And then, Lord, help us to be pure. And, Lord, we ask for forgiveness if we haven't been. And then bring us forward, bring us on, and, and help us, Lord, to, to, to keep purity, to, to spur each other on to love and to good deeds. Hey, love you guys. Let's move on through First Corinthians. It's going to get wild.